Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, hey. welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw. With me today, we're just keeping it to the core team. We have Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. Matthew Aguilar. Yo, yo. And uh, we are going to be going over a variety of fun geek stuff today. As you know, things are starting to get back in motion, guys. We are getting up out of this rut. Things are starting to kind of open up. We're a little confused about how all that's going, but uh, (laughs) it's starting. And as such, the entertainment industry is coming back, too. There's a lot of upfronts going on today, even as we speak. So we're not going to be on the cutting edge of all that, obviously, because we're here talking to you guys. But there is stuff that's starting to come out. We're getting forward motion, new projects, things to get excited about. And so we're going to go over some of the things that are that are in development right now and kind of uh, breaking out news and talk about all of that. And uh, maybe we'll just keep it a surprise for everybody today. I'm sure you can see the name of the uh, episode, but uh, we'll just get into it. What's all the preamble about, you know? So let's start it up. (laughs) Let's get started. Warner Media. There's a lot going on with Warner Media right now, and we're going to get into all of that. There is a new merger happening. That's kind of crazy and raises some questions about, you know, the future. But uh, let's keep it to the simple stuff right now. There's a new Batman animated series coming our way. Yes. Um, I'm so excited. (laughs) It's called Batman Cape Crusader, and it's going to have a dual kind of debut on HBO Max and Cartoon Network. Not only is it coming, are we getting a new, that that sounded so bad. Not only is it, (laughs) we getting a new Batman animated series. (laughs) (laughs) but bruce tim the the architect and guru of the original batman the animated series is going to be involved jj abrams is involved and also most interestingly matt reeves the director of the batman movie with robert pattinson is also involved so they already put out a piece of art for the series which you can you can Look at it on comicbook.com DC. Yeah, and it's very it's it's at once both Bruce, it's Bruce Tim in the way that it is kind of like a new version of Batman, but very much kind of feels like a throwback version of Batman and very noir-ish. It's got the moon and clouds and Batman's silhouette over Gotham City with his inside of his cape while he's folding it over himself. And they say it's going to utilize state-of-the-art animation techniques and technologies. I don't know what that means. 
I know fans are very fickle about how kind of like, especially characters like Batman get presented versus the CGI versus the kind of right. uh, Tim Paul Dini kind of throwback animation art. But it's exciting, right? I mean, are you guys yeah. excited about this? I'm yeah. pumped, dude. I mean, just this art is gorgeous. I would frame that and put it on my wall. It is so pretty. Um, they did such a good job with Harley. Like, I know it's probably gonna be a completely different vibe than Harley, uh, Harley Quinn, but I am so I'm I'm not super into animated. TV shows normally, but like Harley got me fired up. I'm really excited about it now. And I'm like, okay, I can actually take in an animated series, take it seriously, have some fun with it, laugh. Like it's an adult, you know, show. And I really am pumped about this. I know Batman has been done so many times. Um, so I hope to see what these things are that are going to make it different that they're talking about in this article, which by the way, linked um, in the chat if anybody wants to see. And yeah, it's really exciting. I'm pumped. Maddie, how you feeling? Feeling good, man. This is uh this is good. Uh I it looks awesome. It's yeah, kind of like 2021 Tim. You know what I mean? Like it it, it yeah. still looks classic in the way like the angles are, the ear, you know, that kind of thing. But but it looks nice, it looks modern. Um yeah. something that even some of the recent like DC Batman movies, you know, have leaned into a little, but not a lot. Like they still look classic in a lot of ways uh even those with that kind of house dc style so like i'm excited for this um i am interested in how the trio works you know because we're, we know what a tim series is um and to an extent like we know what a jj led thing is you know i mean he's worked on comics before uh with his son most recently in spider-man which wasn't so great <laughs> <laughs> wasn't so great um but you know then he's done a bunch of awesome movies so like i'm interested to see what he brings to the table and then also having reeves on is is awesome i just i'm curious as to how that dynamic works like i know we always talk about like interviews and like roundtable interviews sometimes are like, eh, but like, this is one I would actually love <laughs> to see. Cause I would kind of want to see the relationship. How they I feel like they're all good. big fans of Batman. So it must like, be. Yeah. Just like, I Hey, I like... want to be involved. I'm yeah. just curious. Let's, right. read, let's read the statement. So uh, Bruce, Tim, JJ Abrams and Matt Reeves released a joint statement that said, we are beyond excited to be working together to bring this character back to tell engrossing new stories in Gotham city. The series will be thrilling, cinematic, and evocative of Batman's noir roots while diving deeper into the, into the psychology of these iconic characters. We cannot wait to share this world. Yeah. So I feel like um, even though Batman, the animated series was its own creation and, and very much the creation of people like Bruce Tim, it was also spun out of Batman 1989 and, and came after that movie. And while not directly copying it or, or like being in that universe, it did evoke a lot of the same aesthetic and kind sure. of themes. And, and it was generally that darker kind of take on Batman mm -hmm. while, while still being kind of throwback in the way that Tim Burton did it. Yeah. Um, and so you could see the kind of stylistic influences with Matt Reeves involved. I, I'm kind of curious in the way they're describing this noir the word noir, you know, as in film noir, if people don't know, really has me curious because it, it makes me feel like they are, while probably not, like I said, not making this in-universe to the Batman, using the same kind of technique as they did back in the 90s and, and using that stylistic influence to make it feel like 
the same kind of push. You know what I mean? Familiar in some way for everyone who's a big (laughs) fan, right? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just want the retro tech. That's all I want because they always, <laughs> yeah. they always push that off as like you know, hey, we're we're kind of in the modern time, but like everyone still drives retro cars, and like every all the buildings still look like 1920s, and I love that aesthetic. I'm curious how they how the world looks in their in this right. version. Um, if they kind of soup everything up, I I I love that old that retro vibe. So I'm kind of hoping they yeah. keep that. Yeah, already in the comments, people are starting. Um, guys, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but the odds of Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, like coming back to do the, if you don't like, you know, voicing the Joker and Batman respectively, uh, that, that seems like it's pretty low, right? Like we're not, like we're not expecting. I mean, Conroy at this point, both of those guys kind of, I feel like have to be convinced now to do a project. They they have so many under the belt. They've done it for so long. They're so good at it. Like, I feel like unless you're going to challenge them, right? Like they came back for the killing joke. And, you know, regardless of how that was received by changes in the story and stuff, like it was like, oh, it's, it's nice to have them back. But like, it took the killing joke <laughs> to get, you know, to kind of, hey, we're going to go do this more mature story and we're going to lean into it, whatever. That's what it kind of took to kind of get them back in those roles. I think... I think we're we're getting to a point, guys, where like we're gonna have to get used to not having them in those parts, just because a they want to do other stuff, <laughs> or b you know like they're getting older, right? So like you're gonna have to get used to that. It's, it's the same thing with Optimus Prime. Like at some point, <laughs> we're gonna have to deal with the fact that we'll be Peter voicing it. I don't want that day to come anytime soon. I'm just saying. It's you know, yeah, um, yeah. This this seems like we're. I mean, this seems very much like we're going for a new era, Batman. So. I wouldn't be surprised if new voices come along with that. And there's probably guys, there's probably other people who can put their stamp on this really well and, and really impress us and, and make us happy too. So that's what's going on with the Batman animated series. But uh, Warner Media didn't just announce that. If Batman getting an animated series, Superman's getting an animated series. Hey. And uh, I question this one a little bit. I'll say. Oh, it okay. But uh, it's called My Adventures with Superman. And it's a kid-friendly, family-friendly animated series. And the premise of this one is that Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen are young 20-somethings kind of coming in the professional world. Lois Lane's trying to build her, and Clark Kent are obviously trying to build their journalism career. And, they, and they're kind of an, an investive, investigative journalism team, the three of them, right? Lois, Clark, and Jimmy. And as they kind of investigate things and look into things it will also be parallel to clark kent's kind of rise and development to become superman right Mm. so yeah so it's like a backstory situation a little bit it's a serious quoting warner media it is a serialized coming of age story that will see clark kent build his superman identity embrace his role in metropolis hero while lois who is herself growing into the role of a star investigative journalist takes aspiring photographer jimmy olsen under her wing so we're going to see lois and clark falling in love sharing adventures and taking down bad guys all while stumbling over secrets and discovering what it means to be superman and lois lane so like yeah it'll be kind of them doing their investigative journalism thing. And of course, then Clark having to find ways to save, probably save their butts over and over again as they, as Lois is like, I busted you drug ring. And they're like, we're going to kill you. And then Superman, you know, swoops in and saves, saves the day. The day. Uh, and I'm course, interested in this. Why, yeah. what, what about it is like kind of like irking you? 
everything. But okay. uh, <laughs> well, no, I want to know because I really follow your lead on these. Uh, no, don't follow my lead. It, it only leads to a cliff. But uh, like, yeah, I mean, it's just. It, it, it's basically like a kiddie version of what I feel like Lois and Clark was in the nineties. Right. Got it. Which I um, loved. Okay. I did love that show back then. It <laughs> has aged super well, but I loved it. Neither have like certain things about its cast and, and show, but like, I loved it back then. I, I loved it back then. I will say this sounds sort of like a reworked, like, like if you move the timeline around in Smallville, to where like Erica Durant came on as Lois and yeah. like that, that from that point on, that's what this feels like. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Which I'm cool. I love Smallville. Right. I, I, as much as I like bang on the drum of like, I, I dig Superman when he's like Superman already. I, I dig those stories. I do have this like thing for early Superman stuff. And when it's done well, it can be really, really good. And they did only show one still of the animation style. I dig it. It's got a, you know, like I, it's got its own. It's aesthetic. very much uh, there's it's anime, but it feels like almost like Steven Universe or something like that. Right. OK. I didn't want to say anime because I know that's like generalized for me. Like someone like me who doesn't really <laughs> know a ton about the genre. So I don't want to just throw that out there. I got I got roasted by Megan Peters. I remember for I think it was like one of our first episodes for calling. What did I say about Pokemon? I think I said something about Pokemon and she like lit me up ever since. <laughs> yeah. Very cautious. You gotta be careful with experts. I, I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta, yeah. I gotta Megan Peters is our comic book anime I'm, queen. She knows I'm not all. an anime expert by any means. Um, yeah. but, no, but, but it, I dig it. I think it could be, it could be good. It could also fall flat on space, but I don't think I I'm okay with the premise so far. Me we'll too. see how it plays out. I want to see it in action. I think it's saving grace could be uh, where the Batman cartoon is very kind of moody and noir. This looks like it could be lighthearted and funny. Uh, okay. And if it's funny, like it, it could be really good. Uh, the picture makes me think the star of the show will really end up being Lois as opposed to anybody else. Which I'm okay with. She looks like kind of like a zany, crazy, like trying to get out there and gotcha journalism, trying to, you know, make her bones and do all that. And I'm sure Clark will provide the kind of more wholesome, like, you know, all shucks counterbalance to her. So, it, I mean, it could be funny. And I think the will they won't they about, you know, Lois figuring out who Clark is and all that could be good for kids. I just don't see like the older DC crowd kind of co- like flocking to this. Right. It does have a good voice cast. We'll have Jack Quaid, star of the boys as Clark Kent, Superman and uh, Alice Lee from Zoe's extraordinary playlist as Lois Lane. So cool. good cast, good. man. Yeah. I will say the thing coming out of all this, though, as Abdul pointed out in the comments, where the hell is a Wonder Woman animated series? You have two of the yeah. Trinity. Why is there not like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm interested in the Superman one. And I get you're going to have a world's finest thing, right? You're going to have a Batman series. You're going to have a Superman series. But like Wonder Woman series, the Wonder Woman animated movies are like bar none some of the best dc movies that dc has done no the lies detected so like how the hell do you not just take that style and just give her a damn series i mean Definitely. i don't understand since we have so many different wonder women running around right now right? Like, yeah there's three <laughs> like just give one of them a show i don't under- like that's one again make judgments maybe they'll announce one a day who knows and then great i'm I'm all on board but it just seems weird that we keep doing this 
and mm-hmm. and DC now doesn't have it's there's not the excuse right now of like well there's nothing happening in Wonder Woman there's a ton of stuff happening in Wonder Woman it's one of actually the most interesting parts of the DCU right now yep. so why don't we do something with it come on guys people right. have your back on this I agree yeah Absolutely. Matt, Sean King agrees. People yep. are people are with you, Matt. Matt's agenda is alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't the only animated series that Warner Media announced. They also announced several uh, digital shorts that they'll be putting out, which is a you know an increasingly popular form. Uh, I'm going to be talking about later Love Death, uh, Love Death and Robots being back, and how much I love that on Netflix. But uh, yeah, Warner Media is also going to be doing a rick and morty spinoff about the vindicators as an animated short and if you don't know what that is if you don't watch like if you watch rick and morty but maybe you didn't catch this in season three there was this episode where basically you find out that rick and morty are are kind of informal parts of a justice league or avengers team called the vindicators and it's a great episode where they have like this they're they're doing a threequel where they kind of bring Rick and Morty back to do this threequel against this massive supervillain. Uh, but Rick gets drunk, kills the supervillain, and then sets a bunch of traps just to show Morty how that the how the uh, Vindicators are really just a, a lie and a bunch of crap. And it's really a kind of superhero deconstruction episode. It's a, it's an episode deconstructing the entire superhero genre in media and the tropes and you know how flimsy they can be. But um, the team was great. It had like. Some really, it had some funny characters voiced by like Christian Slater and uh, nice. what's her name from Community? Oh man, I'm blanking on her name. Um, Britta from Community. What's her name? Jillian Jacobs. Yeah, Jillian Jacobs and and uh, what's his name? Lance Reddick. And so like they had really funny things, and it got to be a messed up episode. Like the Vindicators had a lot of issues that Rick brought up. So I'm very happy on this, and I just threw it in here just because. I want to talk about it. And I love Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that really matters. Dude. I'm the only person who's like never watched Rick and Morty. I never got into it. But again, I'm new to animated series. I'm oh, not God. a big animated series person. I know. Someone, someone yeah. kept, kept the opinions of Janelle Wheeler are that <laughs> of Janelle Wheeler and not exactly. that of comic book nation, <laughs> comicbook.com <laughs> website or its affiliates. <laughs> I, uh, I think this is like brilliant. I mean, personally, I'm I'm just like, I think this is <laughs> it's the perfect time to do this little like thing right now. I think it's just, yeah. Like why, how did this not happen sooner is really the question for me, but I think this is great. So yeah. yeah. And um, so basically executive producers, Sarah Carbonier and Erica Rosby, if I'm sorry if I butchered your names, ladies, I, I feel like I just did. They said <laughs> they were thrilled to work in the Rick and Morty universe. Again, these shorts are an incredible opportunity to explore what happens in the aftermath of the Vindicator saving or destroying worlds. We're excited to show how this team of superheroes is plenty dysfunctional, whether Rick's around to have half of them murdered or not. Um, yeah. So it was, if nothing else, the Vindicators episode is good because it is a, pretty fair if not biting criticism of superhero tropes and and how they can be kind of thin and it it makes some good points but just seeing how vindicators think they maybe do good and then leave a world and people are still like really messed up (laughs) is uh is a thing and it's a growing actually trope in comic books like even batman is now dealing with things like am i really doing good by 
right. running around and beating up people or are there other ways I should be helping the world? And I feel like that's just a natural reaction to what's going, what's been going on in the world in the last year. People beginning to wonder like, hmm, is superheroes taking out supervillains like really the only thing we should be doing? And so I'm willing, I'm kind of interested to see what they do with this. And I'm just interested to see how the Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon, the creators of Rick and Morty, react to going full franchise and having a spinoff because they are notoriously kind of fickle about, you know, any, everything from serialized canon with that episode that just pissed everybody off in season four, <laughs> the uh, like the canon train or whatever they did, um, the continuity train. And like, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see how this all fits together. But that's some new animated stuff coming our way. And uh, last but not least, before we take a quick break, let's talk about the Batman. So we had some new Batman uh, promo art. And, you know, that's news because we've seen like nothing from this movie. So anything we get is is pretty, pretty good. But uh, it seems like people are the more and more people see the more and more people seem to be loving this kind of stuff. And the promo art gave us just kind of more hints, I think the Riddler was a big deal in this and kind of getting a, a good look at the Riddler mask with the thing over his mouth and all that uh, new looks Freaky. at the Batmobile, bat, you know, more kind of looks at the costume. And of course, just the concept of you know, the stylistic kind of concepts they're going with. But uh, Robert Pattinson turns 35 last week. And uh, yeah, man, I'm looking at this stuff and I really cannot wait for this movie. And I hope we start to get more from it soon because I am highly interested in what's going on with this film. I mean, we're getting the prequel series on HBO Max. Now we're going to have an animated series that seems inspired by it. And uh, what do you guys think? Oh, man, I feel like this looks sweet. I am very satisfied with this whole look. The whole it's so it basically it's a calendar, right? Movie official calendar 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So you get like 12 different images to reference. And um, it's just his cost. His costume is great. I love I love his costume. I think it looks so good. Um, I mean, even just like the angular, like chest plate and the cape and the ear, like everything just looks awesome. It looks like almost like stitched together. I just feel like I get like a really good look on details on the cover of it. And, um, and honestly, like this kind of stuff builds the hype for me big time because when it first released, I was one of those people that was like Robert Pattinson, Twilight as Batman. I was so against it. And I know I'm going to have to eat crow. Yeah, I know I'm going to have to eat crow. We're going to go dig that out from the archives. But I'm, I am excited. I, maybe it's because we haven't gotten any con- like content past year and it's been difficult for us, but I'm freaking ready for this. I'm so pumped. And this builds the hype for sure. Uh, All right. I don't, be, I don't want to be. I don't want to be a negative, Nancy. No, do it. I don't want to be that because I am looking side. forward to this movie, and I will say that like I love Batman suit and I love that car, like the Batmobile shots they show. I, man, it's like it's like Knight Rider, like souped up. I'm good with it. Like it, it, it looks cool. Uh, I I am conflicted about the Riddler, and I understand what they're going for. Because, you know, as people pointed out in all the reactions, right, like it's a it's a very different thing. And it ties in with like the overall plot of like he's trying to expose the truth. He's trying to expose things in Gotham, all that stuff. It's like Gotham is being silenced, which is why he has the, you know, the thing over his mouth and all that. Right. And, you know, but like there are there are some in there that are like, I'm not going to go as far as to say what some have said that he's like a Doctor Doom cosplayer or any of that stuff. Oh <laughs> I'm not going yes. that far. I do I'm not going that far. That. But what I will say is, I don't, 
love it yet. Again, reacting solely off an image. Have no, you know what I mean? Like you, you don't get to put the mannerisms together with it. You don't get to put the voice and, and the vibe. I will wait to judge until that because it might sell me. But like this kind of combo hush Riddler thing. I was going to ask. It's is just it, not doing it for me. Right, you, don't, you don't have any respect for a leather daddy? Come on. <laughs> it's just, it's just terrible. not doing it for me. Love it. Uh, is there any, like, are there any comics? Does this reference like any look we've ever seen from Riddler? A, oh, hell no. Not he, a, no. He has had looks that have had him like look run down. He's had looks okay. that have him in like similar kind of green gear as far as like just like real low rent not suits that kind of the opposite thing this is going for he's never donned a leather a, mask, a leather with mask. Thing over his mouth um i mean he reminds kind of me thing. of like hannibal lecter or something like it's creepy to me i'm it's yeah, very he's creepy. very kind of on the you know almost scarecrow side of things yeah. here. You know, he's very manic he's very you know kind of all this kind of conspiracy stuff that's there have been little flames of that in previous characterizations but never to this extreme yeah so i love how they know. plop the glasses on on top of the leather yeah. mask they're like Which, yeah yeah that, i wonder <laughs> if it will be green you know well, yeah right. um to we gotta take a break but uh to people asking in the comments google what a leather daddy is but be very careful no, where you God. do it <laughs> don't do it from work do not do it from work don't no, do it at don't all do that yeah yeah but uh it's a particular person who's uh, fascinated with leather. So uh, that's all I'll say. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we are going to break down these Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness villain rumors. Talk about how it could be bringing in a new MCU Young Avenger. We're going to talk about this AT&T Discovery deal and what it means for DC fans. And we got some great comics to break down. So stay tuned on for all of that. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Swear to God, every it still time. did. I, I even time. saw the comment. Every time, just do this. And it's still every time our comeback music scares the crap out of me. Every I was time. reading something, and it totally freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Yeah. Somebody had told said, "Don't let it." Yeah. Some people have been watching the show. Pretty closely. <laughs> thank Milton, you for being here. Milton, thank you, thank you, Milton, for trying to warn us, but uh, oh. it didn't help. Yeah, well, it still got me. Because yeah, we try to get our notes shuffled and everything, and then Rich just scares <laughs> us with the uh, with the jump there. All right, but we're back, and uh, we're going to talk about some of uh, this big kind of rumor that broke about Doctor Strange 2. Matt, surprise, I'm throwing you in for this one. Why don't oh. you tell us, because you're our comic book expert here, 
Who is the villain being rumored for Doctor Strange 2? What is it all about? And how does it connect to a new MCU hero? Okay, so uh, the rumor is now that this is all this is all rumors. Take this with a grain of salt. And I never know. This is another one of those song chi moments. I always wonder if I'm saying this correctly. Is it Shuma Gorath? Is that how you say it? I'm always curious. That's what I would. I mean, I think That's I'm a little more free with how I pronounce my evil made up <laughs> deities. You know? I don't stress it too much. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So the, the rumor is that uh, in Doctor Strange 2, uh, I don't want to say the title over and over again. <laughs> Nobody does. In Doctor Strange 2, uh, that Shumagorath is going to be the core villain in the piece and that he will actually be searching or really it will actually be searching for America Chavez, who we already know is a part of the movie. And that is kind of his quest. And so Dr. Strange and who knows where Wanda fits into all that is going to be kind of trying to stop him from finding her again. That is the rumor that is going on with how she's involved in the project. Cause I know when she was cast and brought in, people were kind of like, Oh, that's an, that's an interesting choice. Cause you know, those two, Characters aren't Doctor Strange and America aren't really necessarily in the same bubbles in the in the Marvel universe. They don't kind of operate in that. Um, you know, Shumagorath has been depicted in a lot of ways. It's just like ancient. Um, you typically see it's kind of like a very gross Starro <laughs> with all the tentacles and the one eye. It's very Cthulhu esque. Um, there have been uh, a ton of different things where, like, you know, he essentially can possess you uh but he can also like you know eat you whole there's like this it depends on who has the character that's kind of like what he can do and how powerful he can be um there was actually a story in, in savage avengers with dr strange and shimagorath where like uh and I, I can't ever remember the guy's name because i'm not the biggest conan guy but uh conan's main villain is uh was like essentially like eating pieces of magicians to become more powerful and Shuma was like helping him do this. He was essentially like feeding it. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. Comics, comics are weird. <laughs> so that's, that's what's currently going on with Dr. Strange. That's the current theory. Um, I think it would be very interesting because Shuma Gorath is one of those things that if done well, can be really menacing. I mean, if anyone's read Savage Avengers, they make that creature look like it's, kind of it's kind of disturbing <laughs> how they how they make them look um having america in it i think is a really interesting way to get her involved um especially because she can kind of go between realities i don't know if they'll bring over like the utopian parallel and stuff that has to do with her origin i don't know how much that will be um but it would also fit with like dr strange multiverse madness right different realities Shuma's going after her in her reality, but maybe before she gets here, maybe this is how America gets to this reality. Like there's a bunch of things you can kind of play with that. Uh, but the rumor of it all is just that little bit. So just take with a grain of salt, but we'll see how it plays out. But I think it's interesting. I think it's a cool way to get her into the mix. It is. It's also, I think we've all been like so obsessed that early on that WandaVision was like a direct lead in to Dr. Strange too, that, we've kind of come around on that thinking, right? Like we've seen WandaVision now, we've seen Falcon and Winter Soldier. And we know that basically, even though we've joked, these are like character pieces to just move the characters to a new place and a new status quo. So we have that background so that when we go into the films, we don't have to spend time kind of building that all right. up. 
this I'm kind of careful about rumors that we kind of discuss on the show. Uh, I mean, I really try to wait until either we really have nothing to talk about or we actually, (laughs) (laughs) or or it sounds credible enough that I I feel like it's worth discussing. And this one is the latter Um, because this makes a film that is not connected to WandaVision directly, right? They're not doing that, but if Shuma Gorath, or I'm just gonna call him Shuma, is you know going through realities, hunting this girl who's basically on a chase through realities. First of all, that's a very cool thing that could happen visually. True, right? yeah. like her running through a door and then into another reality, or opening her doors and doing all that, and kind of star shaped doors. Yeah, I mean that's very kind of like Chris Nolan ish, like cool. But stuff don't you think she gets that. her own thing then? Like, why is it? Why is strange? Like about her. Like, why is she the soul of this movie? Like, I want him to be the star of it and his story and what he's doing. Oh, oh, my sweet Janelle. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Like, let me take you back to Iron Man 2, homie. Let me take you back to Iron Man 2. (laughs) The MCU is a different kind of place in these sequels. You know what I mean? Yep, that's so true. Yeah. As we get into sequels, we move further away from the actual character stories. Core character. Yeah, Darn and, we, it. And, and we got to do more stuff. We just have to share. It, yeah, that that is very true. You just have to share space. It's really not yeah. till the third movie that they get the spotlight back, unless you're Spider-Man. Yeah, and then it'll be third movie. Will be like Mordo versus <laughs> Doctor Strange, right? Like that's yeah. what you know, <laughs> Doctor Strange three, mystical civil war. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's great. Oh my god, yeah. I, really oh my god I love it. Um, but like, yeah, this one feels like it's gonna be a lot of character event stuff featuring Dr. Strange and introducing the multiverse. Right. Uh, so this is kind of, I feel like this is another time that Marvel's using a solo franchise as a universe expansion piece, which mm-hmm. like I said, going back, that's a tradition that goes all the way back to Iron Man too. Yeah. Um, but it seems like it makes sense in the sense that, yeah. So you have a story that focuses on Dr. Strange trying to save this important kind of girl who's on a nonstop chase against this monster hunting her. And so who's the ally that can help him since, you know, if he doesn't have access to other realities, there is one person who can help him do that. And that is of course, Wanda. And so her working with Dr. Strange to be able to even, you know, heighten her powers and expand and, and discover new dimensions literally of her powers makes sense. But of course, we know from WandaVision that Wanda will have her own agenda in this if she begins to learn like there's a reality with her kids are still alive and stuff like that. So, well, because she heard the voices, right? Yeah, so they're exactly. out there in a different plane. Yeah, which I forgot about. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this this makes a certain amount of sense and, it, and it's unexpected, right? People are still saying the comments like, come on, Nightmare and Mephisto. But that's like what we all thought would happen, right? Uh, so this would be kind of a twist that nobody saw coming and a villain that nobody saw coming and you could also do i'm sure they'll have their own interpretation of shuma of shuma able to take some kind of different form i'm, I'm sure we're not going to see the tentacle monster the whole time and that makes right. room for like an for another actor of surprising casting of somebody who can come in and kind of take on that role in its mortal form or whatever you want to call yeah. it so also more to this point too right we've seen that a lot of these movies have at least one younger hero in them, mm-hmm. right? It's all forming that young Avengers champion style squad later on, right? We're going to get that at some point. So America here, 
Kamala, like we know Wiccans on the way, like all these people, right? Isaiah, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, Eli, oh my God. Eli Thank you. Yeah. I can't want to say Isaiah, uh, but like we've seen in each thing, right? That there's another character. So like, I feel like that's pretty much going to be requisite until we get whatever movie that is. We're going to have a secondary character introduced mm-hmm. in some way in each one of these. So when do we get Viv Vision? That's what I mean. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering when Iron Lad's going to show up. Are we going to see him in Armor Wars? Um, But like, yeah, they are threading this. Kevin Kevin Feige is keeping all these plates spinning, and this is about the uh, the most I want to say logical, but it's it's going to be insane metaphysics stuff. But this is the most organic way I could feel like you could introduce America Chavez and have her really matter and and outside of her getting her own series, like really matter and be important and be kind of cool to people and really kind of sell her. Yeah. Not just like a little cameo or something. No. So I'm kind of really interested. I'm kind of really interested in this and I kind of really like this rumor and I'm kind of hoping it it plays out in some version of this. So, all right. That's Dr. Strange. You, anybody have anything to add? Janelle? The the boss logic art was beautiful. Fantastic. Like he did a take on this villain with strange and I'm like, I would frame that too. Put that on my wall. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, boss logic really does. I mean, if you don't believe it, he really is good at selling these things and and making you feel like this would be kind of a, a really cool thing to kind of take on. So yeah, Yeah. check that out. And you can see that boss logic art on comicbook.com Marvel, where we also break down the kind of finer points of this rumor. So be sure to check that all out. On to the business side of things. So, Warner Media, man, Warner Media. I, I feel like every five months, six months, this, this <laughs> changes, and, I, and like I can't keep up. I, but uh, AT and T has had enough of Warner Media and, and all its crap, so it's getting rid. Of, it's spinning it, spinning it off. Meaning, we want you off our books, like y'all and your Snyder Cut fans and all this stuff. You know, we tired. We want you out of here. So. AT&T is, you know, spinning off Warner Media out of its kind of conglomerate and Discovery is picking it up. And basically what's going to happen is yes, so weird. <laughs> I know. I, I I like I still I've I've had a lot going on lately and I still like I kept looking at this and I'm like, "Wait, what? Like what timeline is this? Like, yeah. <laughs> Are we happening? in a multiverse?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like what is happening? So basically to compete with Disney, NBC, Universal, Netflix is CNN, TBS, TNT, HGTV, Food Network, Discovery Channels, Warner Brothers Picture, Discovery Plus, and HBO Max will now be linked all together under the Discovery banner. So Warner Media or AT&T, well, yeah, they, they're siphoning off Warner Media and it'll now be under the Discovery banner. We're not going to get into crazy too much of the business. That's the that's the general gist of it. And we yeah. don't know what the name is going to be yet. No, or no, we don't know like the that. finer points until like all the ink is signed and all that stuff. But what this has done is kind of created hope among DC fans, right? That now that AT&T is not calling the shots, that we could see another kind of window of you know chaos breeds opportunity and we could see another window where warner media specifically the dc brand could possibly get spun around again and take another approach again even though we've (laughs) never gotten any one of these approaches fully off the ground ever since the 2010s uh but that 
we could start to see things like they might embrace releasing the A or cut, continuing more of what Snyder had planned and, and doing all of that. That'd be awesome. Look, that's all speculation guys. Like we have no idea what discovery has planned. People just think like discovery is more kind of will listen to fans more because it's discovery. Yeah. Well, they're reality know. based, you know, and that's, that's usually so, fanfare. But that's anyway. I'll give you some. No, no, All go right. back. No, Matt, go no, walk. I just yeah, go that off. makes no go sense. Off. That makes go no off. sense. They're a business. How do you think they got this successful in the first place? The fact that we're talking about discovery is <laughs> buying Warner Media is insane to me. But there's a reason. I didn't right? know they they're, had. They're, I didn't know how that they had loot like that. To be honest, <laughs> like I didn't know Discovery was getting it like that. They're fiscally responsible, right? They they produce shows that do really well on a pretty. I would imagine modest to tight budget, right? They're not out there like just throwing <laughs> money out effects. the window, right? So, <laughs> yeah. like, and if you look across their brands, yeah, they have a lot of stuff that hits really well with consumers. But like, again, you're talking, you know, like actually some of the food stuff would probably be more expensive than you expect. But like some of the other stuff, like all the reality shows and stuff, those are machines, man. Those are like well-oiled machines. Yep. They produce profit. I would, I would assume. So like I don't think once they buy once once everything settles which by the way all this stuff we're not really going to start to see the stuff really start to form of like what their rule over this will look like for like 2 years right cuz you got so much stuff in the pipeline already things are in development you're not really going to see all that stuff really manifest until then so I don't see them going well hey we love Zack Snyder Let's green light everything. Let's green light the air cut and let's green light the, I know there was a birds of prey cut that people are already talking about. Uh, Like let's do that. Like I don't see them just (laughs) buying the thing and then going, here's money here. Do it. Do it. Like it's no, they're going to see what works over the course of time. See what is profitable. See what areas are not. (laughs) Yeah. Because like that makes all this. Also one of the big things here too, was that, uh, Warner Brothers Interactive kind of got split up. So like not all of the game studios moved over. So some of the studios were stayed on the like AT&T side oh. and others moved over as to like which ones like who who knows. But like there's some big games coming out from Warner Brothers. So I am kind of curious is like Gotham Knights, yeah. uh, Suicide Squad game coming from Rocksteady. Like what what is all that shake out? Who is that under? I'm still not quite clear on who that's all under. Um, so like, yeah. So I just don't think like, it's kind of one of those like slow your roll. <laughs> it's not like that all stuff is not going to happen. And I please for the love of Lord, do not do another rebirth or do not do another like, 5G <laughs> or new 52. Oh my God. Stuff is going well right now. I think future state ultimately worked in like, throwing out a bunch of ideas, throwing out a bunch of creative teams and some things have stuck and we're starting to see those series. We're going to talk about one today, roll out, just let it play out for the love. (laughs) Don't go back to the drawing board. Just let stuff play out. This has been like the hopeful, the wishful thinking episode today. That's my soliloquy. Lots of like, we don't know what's going to happen, but we have this little bit of information. (laughs) We'll just try to go with it. Also, this just like how does AT and T like just th- three years ago is when we were talking about oh my god, like this makes all the sense in the world. AT and T has all these other branches and all this yeah. communications empire, and oh my god, they've got they're in telecommunications, right? Like what? 
like better partner to do with all this other web stuff and interactive stuff and whatever. And like, <laughs> like n- nothing. They got all this debt. Like they're just like, no. And I'm like, really? Well, then why did you buy it? Oh my gosh. All right. That's me. Yeah. I mean, right. the debt thing is crazy. Like, uh, th- that's the craziest thing that came out of this is just reading about how much debt like these companies are carrying and just like, yeah, like who's buying this? Who wanted this? Like, I- I'm I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm really confused about this one. I never yeah. saw this coming. <laughs> it was yeah. not on my 2021 bingo card. No, Same. I, did not think, yeah, yeah. I, did not I thought Warner Media was just settling down and AT&T was just like putting a plan into place. Right. And yeah. now they're like, nah. See, I feel like you Snyder can't cut people. I mean, I guess I'm in that crowd too. Like, yeah, you just annoy the hell out of them. Right <laughs> well, they also like, just got man. rid of DirecTV, didn't they? That was like a little bit ago. Yeah. Like they offshelled that big thing that oh, they. Oh gosh, I didn't even know that. However many, yeah, they they. It's not. It's been a rocky <laughs> road. Well, Matt went off, but uh, your comments are going off, too. Uh, yeah, Ben Sand says, makes more sense than a cell phone company owning Warner Media. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex says he's waiting for the sucker punch cut to come out of this. You know? Nice. <laughs> wow. Dude, I will watch that. Toss a grenade. Up for that. Yeah. Our viewers, you guys are crazy, man. I love you. Uh, you guys are crazy. Yeah, sucker punch cut. Oh, man. So that's what's going on. So we're going to keep an eye on this and, and see what it means for the kind of content that comes out of Warner Media and, and what kind of future changes that might bring about. But um, yeah, that's it for business. Let's go to something more fun. Matt, let's go through comics this week. Woohoo! We're going to start. We're already on the DC bandwagon, so we're just going to stay there. Um, so we're going to talk about one of those books I alluded to. Uh, so we, one of the books we talked about the most during future state, I think it was pretty much Batman and whatever was going on at Wonder Woman. Those were kind of the two biggest takeaways from, from that event. And Yara Floor, uh, was to me like the shining star of that whole event. So now we're actually getting her own series. Uh, Joelle Jones is back on writing and art duties. Uh, Jordi Belair is also on the book on coloring duties and it looks stunning. Uh, it's it, And what's great about this to me is that um, it actually, so it introduces uh, some stuff about her past. By the way, I will be getting into spoilers. So spoiler warning, I will try to be light on the spoilers. I don't want to spoil the whole book for you, but again, I will be touching on some stuff. I know it's Wednesday. So, you know, it came out yesterday. There you go. Um, So it does touch on like her past a little bit, but I think it does a really good job of like setting, giving you an impression of who this character is even early in life and then running with the present. Like we only stay there for a couple pages and then we're right into the present and it works in so much of like what's going on around the world, kind of in the Wonder Woman universe, right? We see Nubia as the new queen of Themyscira. We see like what's going on in Brazil and you get all these ties to who she is and the whole issue is like making her important like it's kind of putting her on this thing of like this person is important you should care and it's not just like telling you you should care it's like showing you the effect like just her presence is kind of in this world is, is kind of having and there's this mystery about it and i i dug it i mean from the moment she gets on the page her personality is just like she's great i, I just could watch her she talks to this woman uh on the tour bus or they're about to get on the tour bus. They're on the flight. 
And like, she's just talking to her, giving her her life story. And this woman did not ask <laughs> for any of it. She's like, asked like, how are you? And she just rambles off. And like, I don't know. She just feels like a member of my family. <laughs> so I was just immediately taken with her. Um, and, and it's gorgeous. And I think by the end, it pops a compelling hook uh, to get you in if you are new to this character. Again, you can be new to this character. I feel it does a good job of giving you enough. You don't have to go back and read Future State. I feel like if you do, you'll have an even better sense of who she is, but I don't think you have to. So that's Wonder Girl number one. What did you guys think? Um, I'm going to say I think Yara Floor is possibly the the strongest candidate that DC has put out for an all-star new character that I've seen in a while. Um, she is like heads above, I mean, even the Green Lantern stuff that they've done, you know, Far Sector and all that. Like, I, I think she is just she's a great character and it's like impossible not to like her uh, just because just of how she is. They do at once this, the same thing they did for Diana in the wonder woman movie with the kind of fish out of water kind mm. of, you know, new to embracing her power type thing that makes her kind of funny. But I mean, it's also Brazilian as hell. Like, I mean, this, this first issue is super Brazilian. Like there's a lot of stuff in it and it's just, so that makes it a very different take on this character at the same time. Uh, and yeah, I love her and I love, I loved her in future state and I love this first issue. I will say my caveat is a lot of the larger wonder woman mythology is confusing me mm-hmm. in this issue. And there's like one sideward split page where I just was like, okay, I'm lost for a minute here, but as long, <laughs> as, long, <laughs> yeah, but as, long as it seems like what's going on with like Hera and Nubia and queen Nubia and like, and uh, Artemides and like kind of her weird like rogue sector. Like I don't remember or, or know all of that Wonder Woman lore well enough yet. Uh, but obviously Yara's presence is something that's shaking this whole thing up. But the scenes of her, like you said, are really good. Just that kind of juxtaposition opening with her childhood memories and this kind of scary, frightening event you know, while you're hearing the airplane voiceovers, <laughs> like at the same time to her scene with the old lady to just riding a bus through Brazilian traffic and like all that stuff, like is great. And like you said, future state, like, I mean, that was my top future state payoff for sure was her book. And yeah, I do love all three of these current wonder woman characters, Diana, Nubia, and, but I love Yara the most. And I'm still really pissed that they canceled her TV show. So, Man, that's so. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a good start. And the ending, like her just kind of taking on different. And I like kind of like when Brian Azzarello took over Wonder Woman. Uh, I think that was New 52. Uh, the kind of Greek mythology coming into it and like her getting kind of called by a siren at the end, mm-hmm. you know, and that whole thing. And in Future State with her riding the Pegasus and like fighting these kind of mythical monsters, but doing it from this very kind of young latina kind of modern viewpoint was really really good and i think that'll be the hook for this series and i think the subsequent issues are going to be even stronger than this debut issue that was beautifully said kofi i think i just had like zoned out you know that scene in old school where will ferrell like zones out and gives like this incredible answer (laughs) yes that's just what just happened yeah (laughs) I don't know how to add on to that, but I will just say that like, I cannot get enough of this artwork. This is my favorite artwork I've ever seen in any comic I've ever read. I just am obsessed with how they, they portray a woman 
it, she just looks so hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. And well, she I'm has. You said it. I was going to. I know. I know. Like, Matt, but that's yes, why I'm here. Yes, you're not incorrect about that. <laughs> I can say those things. She's just stunning. I'm like, I want to be her. I want to be her best friend. Uh, it just, she's awesome. Yara's awesome. I love this book. I loved. I loved the comics this week and I am just, I'm ready to read more. I'm definitely ready to hear more of her story. And I want her, like Kofi said, I can't believe that her series got canceled, but I'm hoping someday we get like a live action version of her. Like she's just awesome. Awesome. This is one of those things, right? We talk about discovery, pay attention and do like bring her into the fold at some point in whatever television movie plans you yeah. have. Like you're this is just one of those characters. Like if at some point in time we're all gonna look back and we're gonna go, why did that take so long? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just just do it. You know what I mean? Find a, a vehicle that works for her because like, yeah, she's a star. She's a yeah. star. There's just nothing else I can say. Could you imagine seeing like someone playing her on screen opposite Gal Gadot? Like that'd be amazing. Oh my- Oh, I have goosebumps. That would um, be nuts. But uh, that, and I say that all to say, I could, I can't wait for like the big first big event team up that brings Yara, Nubia, and Diana together Man. for some kind of thing. That I'm, I'm gonna be there for that. Yeah, I'll be there for that. Yeah, yeah. And I just love too. Before we move on to another book, um, I just, I, I, what Kofi said was like one of my favorite parts of the book. Even that three page spread. What I did love about that was that because I do understand like that. I even had to go back and kind of, okay, well, where, like, where do they fit in? Okay. That's, I'm, that's a little confusing. Uh, It's a gorgeous panel. It's a gorgeous page, but like they make the, each one of those so distinct from her world. Like they're all like, they all feel different. Like when you're with Yara, you're with Yara and like everything has that, like feels like an extension of her when you're with the gods of Olympus, it all feels, it kind of feels like it's, it's, it's old, you know, it's kind of almost has like a, a very kind of snobby, rich, <laughs> dated feel to just like the colors and like the way that they are presented. And then you go to like Nubia and everything's regal. And I get it. Each one feels distinct and feels like its own entity. And I'm excited to see kind of all those clash. And then like we still have Diana out there like doing her own thing somewhere, you know. So, yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, moving on to Song Chi. Said it right. Said it right. Song Chi, uh, which the Song Chi number one um, is also kind of subtitled Song Chi versus the Marvel Universe. So when you read that, you probably kind of have an idea of what to expect. Um, but it's what I dug was I went in with that expectation. And after reading a lot of like current Avengers, I've been like, OK, like we're going to get, you know, the typical thing, right, where you get someone you're encountering a hero and like you don't understand why so there's some confusion so they battle and then they team up right i i was kind of looking for that template um i was thankfully a little surprised then when it didn't exactly this at least this first issue did not exactly play out that way uh so that actually made me happy so for those who don't know uh, recent books uh, have brought uh, Songshi is now the leader, and I always screw up the name, so I'm reading it. Leader of the Five Weapons Society. I always call it something different. Uh, he's now leader of the Five Weapons Society. So for people who kind of remember Shadowland for Daredevil, when Matt Murdock kind of took control of the hand, that's 
there's a, some similar vibes here. He is now the head of this organization. It was his father's organization. And now, you know, there's some really funny bits with like him and his sister. And like, she keeps calling him. I forget exactly. Supreme what, leader. Supreme leader and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, you know, and, he, and she wants to be called like her code name is Dagger. So like, he's like, don't call Deadly me that. Dagger. Right. And he's like, don't call me that in like public. And she's like, oh, Supreme leader. Like she just rolls off because like that's her world. And he's like, no, no. Like he's out with Spider-Man, right? And Spider-Man, they end up in the team up. And I thought that whole thing was hilarious because she's like, why do you talk? Like a like I forget her exact words, but she's like, "Why do you talk like a nerd in front of him? Why do you talk like that? You're so you're so odd. Like you're supposed to just be this commanding thing." He's like, "Just shush, <laughs> stay here." And she never listens. That whole dynamic was great for me. I I love that part about it. And if I feel like if they focus on that going forward, that's that's money. Um, the actual like core, you know, like things popping up, investigation kind of mystery around it. I don't necessarily care so much about yet. Um, but that can be defined later. Um, but the seeing the relationships with him, with the other heroes, once they kind of realize there's a great little thing right at the end where Spider-Man's like, are you still like one of us? You know, and, and there's that that is really I thought that was really good. So if they keep up that next issue, I think is Cap. Uh, he's going to have an interaction with Captain America. So at least from the cover. So that is really interesting. So that whole at play, it was really good. It was it was better than I expected. I, I didn't really know what to expect kind of going into this uh but it delivered for me what do you guys think i thought uh that there are a lot of risky things they did in this issue um first of all like you said we've seen the trope of especially with the kind of asian culture side of the of the marvel universe where we've seen other heroes step up and like take control of the hand daredevil uh i think even black panther was the leader of it for a while or something like that like that all happened so you, you're rolling out this trope. They basically gave Song-Chi a Damian Wayne who, you know, and that's like the least expected person you would expect to have a Damian Wayne attached to him. And they threw in another hero, major hero into the first issue. And you'd say, oh, this could all go really badly. But like you said, what they did a brilliant job of is kind of illustrating how where Song-Chi is right now and the relationships he has and this kind of dual line he's straddling being the commander of this you know ancient society of like criminal ninja murderous ninjas and being a superhero of the marvel universe and an avenger and somebody who knows spider-man and in his friends with spider-man uh but it all worked like his sister is hilarious uh the whole like call me deadly dagger and calling him uh brother hand is the other thing brother hand him. that's the one yeah. <laughs> and her like always you know, being the hardcore devotee of this, you know, assassin organization, just like Damien was once upon a time and kind of being his PR rep at the same time, be like, you are speaking to the Supreme leader. And Spider-Man's like, what? <laughs> and then like, he's like, yo, chill. Um, but uh, yeah, there is a lot of kind of mysticism and, and kind of ancient secrets that are hinted at that look like it could be really interesting. And it gives Song-Chi a bit more to do than just use kung fu in this kind of and being a generic character right right like he he is doing this i could easily see this being a kind of prelude to what the outcome of the movie is uh because in the movie he has to go back and finally face his father and his father's organization the ten rings and all of that and i could easily see the strong chi movie ending with him having to step up and command this thing that you know he now has to keep under control in with a bunch of fanatics who 
don't necessarily agree with his philosophy. So I feel like there's a little Marvel synchronization going on here, but it worked. This issue really worked. And, and Spider-Man is a great addition to it because, you know, this thing with Song Chi and his sister is like really super serious, but Spider-Man is like the complete opposite. And her just interpretation of Spider-Man is hilarious, like complaining about his webbing and like, <laughs> like chewing gum. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, it feels like snot. Yeah, it feels like snot. It's Song Chi trying to like defend him and kind of like this, these characters from this particular corner of the Marvel Universe seeing their POV of the rest of the kind of heroes and stuff around them, knowing they're these killer kind of martial arts and ninjas and stuff. It has potential to be really interesting and it's more interesting than I think I've ever been about Song Chi. I agree. Jenna, yeah, like as an entry uh, comic book for me with this hero, uh, it was nice. I felt like I kind of understood everything. I don't know if that's because I'm fam- a little bit familiar because of the movies that are coming out. I feel like the trailers really, really helped me or the trailer uh, to understand this kind of world that he exists in. And, you know, his dad you know, being a bad guy and it it helped. I think it's, it's nice to have a little bit of background knowledge, but really that's all that I have, like just that little bit. And I could still chew on this and understand what was going on. And, uh, and I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was intriguing. And I think having Spider-Man in there, a very familiar character that we all love and kind of trolling him a little bit was awesome. Uh, and it was, it was just really, really well done and really easy to read as a first time Shang-Chi reader. It really, and I thought they did a great job with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, also it's, it's kind of interesting. Some of the stuff we were talking about, kind of the artifacts and like them collecting. So like next issue, uh, they're actually, so there's a cosmic cube, that will go up for sale. Oh. It's going to go up for auction. So like aim Hydra, also the five weapons society are all bidding on this thing. And that is how like cap comes into the picture. Right? So this is, if they kind of take this thing and kind of run with it for every issue where there's the, the main focus is not running into the Marvel hero. The main focus is, we're trying to build this organization. He's trying to keep them on the semi straight and narrow. <laughs> yeah. And then a hero just kind of is in the mix because naturally a hero would be surveilling this or something like that. That's interesting to me like that. If you can keep that going and, and do that throughout the series, because I believe it's a, it's a mini series, right? I don't think it's actually a full on ongoing, but oh, I could okay. be wrong. I have to double check, but um, I think that would be interesting and keep it from falling into what some of the other ones have fallen, where it's just very formulaic. So, yeah, I, I dug this and I agree with Kofi. I think this is actually the most interesting, the most interested I've been in the character for a minute. Um, real quick, uh, some quick shout outs here for other books coming out this week. Uh, well, actually, no, Kofi, did you want to get into I just want to say, yes, I just want to talk about first. Some people said in the comments earlier and you know what? I didn't put this on the sheet because it's been, I mean, I feel like it was ages ago, but yeah, the snake eyes teaser did come out this week for the snake eyes movie. Uh, look pretty cool. Look pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So far. Yeah. Snake eyes, the GI Joe origins movie, uh, during the MTV movie awards put out its first teaser and it looks pretty cool. So we've been into Snake Eyes this week. Uh, and then we got this issue, number three of Batman Fortnite, zero point. <laughs> and again, this series is so much more enjoyable than it has any it's freaking so right good. to be. I gotta any read freaking it. Right to be. It makes me happy and angry at the same time. 
I'm like sitting there and I and I oh I saw it come through and I was like oh and I dug into it and I was like this is so good why is this so good um like <laughs> and is this stupid thing gonna get me to play Fortnite again probably oh no <laughs> because you like, know it because this issue they're gonna do a Snake Eyes skin as for the movie they're doing a Batman skin like you can actually the Catwoman skins in the store now yeah you can actually recreate this fight in the game if you want to oh so like yeah. Um, but yeah, Batman Fortnite has no business being this good. <laughs> and when you roll out something that's such a pure gimmick as a Batman Snake Eyes G.I. Joe crossover, like it's supposed to be like cheesy kind of comic book stuff. But this was so good. It was so good. And a lot of it didn't even it had no actual they dialogue. They don't say bubbles. a word. They don't say a word in this entire issue. It's all like chat dialogue. <laughs> yeah, it's chat dialogue by Fortnite's mysterious, the people controlling the island, which is going to now be this big kind of reveal for the game. Uh, you know, who's running this island and, and creating these storms. But like, yeah, and basically, and we're going to say some spoilers. It's basically an issue of Batman and Snake Eyes dueling like you know, live, die, repeat style, Tom Cruise style over and over again until they've done it so many times that they form some kind of unspoken bond of respect. <laughs> and like it's Snake so Eyes well lets done. Batman win Fortnite. <laughs> like, yeah. And in it and the die and the kind of voiceovers from the controllers is really good because they're like, man, like both these guys are like crazy impressive. They know all these martial arts. They're equally matched. The visuals are so great of like Batman throwing three batarangs, Snake Eyes throwing three daggers. They each dodge one and catch two. And then yeah, they're just like awesome. looking at each other. Everybody watching them. Yeah. Like none of the other combatants are fighting. Yeah, they're it's just so awesome. Them. It's so awesome that they shut down Fortnite and everybody just stands around and watches it like a Fortnite event. <laughs> Man, these two, because they just Batman is like wiping out everybody so quickly that they need to stop him from getting out of the game because he keeps almost winning. And so they throw snake eyes in there as a deterrent to kind of keep him from winning. But um, yeah, this was, if you've ever had those lunchroom conversations about like, what would happen if Batman went up against like snake eyes, like this was awesome, <laughs> like yeah. in a fulfillment of all that stuff in a Fortnite game. So I don't understand how this is working again. This timeline's very confusing now, but here we discovery are. Discovery bought discovery owns DC. Yeah. And one of the best, <laughs> And Batman Fortnite's one of the best comics out right now. What's so, going on? Oh, well, also, uh, that is a that is a spicy take, but I like it, Bruce Wayne twenty five. <laughs> I hate that I like Batman Fortnite more than the Joker War Run. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's not even a comparable. I would read Batman yeah, Fortnite totally better ten times over, and the Joker series ten times over before I went back and read Joker Run. Or yeah, that's that's, that's kind of true, man. I, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, quick mentions here uh, before we we get rolling. Uh, the new issue of Justice League. So we had previously talked about Justice League um, and like the new team lineup, and so in this issue they actually get to Naomi's world. And they actually start to like meet some of the people in her world. And there's a, there's some back and forth fights. It's a it's a classic like superhero fight, but like because they're on her world, their powers are acting a little differently and stuff. So there's some great one on one stuff. Uh, this is my favorite Justice League team in years. Wow, I love this team so much. And again, it just comes down to like Naomi and Black Adam shake up the the format so much. And like seeing Black Adam come to like Superman's aid is a sight I never, <laughs> I never thought I'd see. And there's a great scene between Batman and Naomi where he's trying to calm her down because like her powers are phasing and she's actually like phasing out of reality for a minute. And he says, uh, he says like one phrase, and, I, and I'm blanking now on the on the phrase. It is my memory is like 
garbage today. <laughs> so <laughs> on the phrase, uh, but he says it and it's so random. She's like, what does that mean? And he's like, I don't know. It just works. And then he walks away like Bendis is Batman is so good in this series. So definitely shout that out. Uh, also stray dogs. Uh, if you're not reading this, we're almost to the final issue. Stray dogs is like a Don Bluth movie mixed with uh, silence of the lamps. And it's all about, pup- it's all about dogs. So like the dogs, it's like Oliver and company, but like twisted. And it is a, like, they are starting to remember that like their owner now is a serial killer. And they're putting all these memories together of like how they ended up in his house. And like, there's some screwed up stuff that goes on this book, but like it, it screws me over every month. Like it hits me right here. I'm just a, I'm just a puddle of, of emotions and stuff after this book every month. And I, yet I cannot stop reading it. So we're almost to the last issue and it screwed me up a lot. I was already messed up, but it screwed me up even more, but I, I got to read it everywhere. And then way of X number two, we talked about way of X number one. And if you thought it would drop off, like way of X number two, I thought was just as good. Uh, and you get so many, there's a huge reveal at the end that I will not spoil here uh, because Marvel books just came out. So I'm not going to do that. But uh, to me, that's a huge thing. And there's so much really interesting stuff between Legion and Nightcrawler, like so many good comics this week. So yes, definitely. I would check those out, but that's comics. All right. That does it for a regular show. I have my own quick mentions to uh, mention. Um, I don't think I've said it, but uh, season two of Mythic Quest is here. And yeah, if you guys yeah. are watching that, Mythic Quest is, is the bomb from Rob McElroy or uh, McMahon. Rob McElhinney, I can't say his name. The dude who did Always Sunny in Philadelphia has a show on Apple Plus called Mythic Quest. It's about a gaming company, and if you're into gaming at all, it's really hilarious. And even if you're not, it's just a workplace comedy. It's really hilarious. It's back. I started watching Mayor of Easttown, that uh, Kate Winslet series on Mm. HBO Max, mostly because of the SNL skit where they did uh, called Murder Durder, where they're making fun of the fact that this show is it's set in Pennsylvania and it is the most Pennsylvania AF thing I've ever seen. I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm from like, you know, my wife is in like there's there's and I went to school in Western. I've been all over Pennsylvania and this show references so much Pennsylvania stuff. It is so Pennsylvania. And so if you know anything about PA, this is a great show to check out. And it's also just a good kind of murder mystery series. Um, we have to mention that Modoc is Oh, yeah. uh, we didn't talk this. about that yeah because i forgot entirely about that until i saw our ad actually running <laughs> and I'm just, oh, yeah, out. but uh adam barnhart who's been on the show one of our marvel experts you know he reviewed it and uh, modok is kind of premiering on hulu with a perfect it, very good scores people say it's kind of adult it's twisted it's it looks fun, hilarious and, and it's pretty hum- hilarious so yeah check out uh modok on hulu and love death and robots Season two premiered on Netflix last week, and I just spent the whole Friday like watching it, and then I went back and watched season one. Uh, great series. If you don't know what that is, it's an anthology series of short, of animated shorts. Some are kind of traditional cartoon animated. A lot of them are kind of really cutting edge CGI animated and look photorealistic. But it's basically the only rules are they're stories that have to do with love, death, and robots. So. There's a lot of ways that that comes across and there are some really, while I think season one was still stronger, there are some pretty interesting ones in season two that are, are pretty, pretty messed up. Uh, and season one is, is also really messed up and good sci-fi stuff. If you haven't watched that. So check that out on Netflix and that's it for my, uh, my recommendations, Matt, did you have any? Uh, yeah. So a little uh, wrestling 
uh, talk here. So next week is a huge week. Uh, and then we also got some big news for AW today. So part of the uh, upfront presentations going on uh, announced that AW will be moving Dynamite. Their main show will be moving to TBS starting in 2022. They are currently on TNT. But the other big news was that they were adding another show. So they already have AW Dynamite and AW Dark. AW Dark. So many W's. <laughs> now they will have AW <laughs> Rampage. Uh, which will be beginning later uh, this year, I believe. So, uh, yeah, that's a lot of big. If you're an AEW fan, it's not going anywhere. They also announced that there's going to be four original specials uh, per year. So, I mean, they're they're going all in. Uh, but it is interesting that they're moving to TBS. Uh, so, I know our boy Connor Casey will have uh, is doing an interview with them uh, soon. So, he will have hopefully some details on the whys and things like that. Uh, also, uh, our boy Karen Cross is going to be taking on Finn Balor for round two of one of the best matches <laughs> of the year. They're going to have that on next week's NXT. And seriously, if you go watch, there's a, there's like a, they did like a primer, essentially like a recap and just like a teaser to get you hyped for it on last night's NXT. Just go watch that. It's on Twitter. Just go watch that. And like, if you're not hyped, I swear you don't have like a pulse. <laughs> so it's so, it's going to be so good. So uh, that is me. Great. I, the only thing that I really am going to add to this, because I feel like you guys really wrap it up with a bow so perfectly is I actually like sunk my teeth into the CNN, uh, the movies kind of documentary style show. And they go by, you know, Nerd. So many years, but it's awesome because you kind of get this background on so many different styles of movies. And I oh, loved awesome. it. I started making a list of like, oh, my God, I got to watch that one again. Oh, my God, I got to watch that one again. And it gives you kind of the background on certain movies um, from like Jaws to musicals like My Fair Lady to superhero films. Like it just covers everything and all of the different, you know, generational films and the groundbreaking films and award-winning films. And it's, it's really cool. If you're a big movie fan, I think you'll really enjoy this. You kind of forget how many awesome movies have been made and they kind of highlight some. Does it cover the best Christmas movie of all time? Like Christmas? Uh, maybe I know they show elf. Oh, we <laughs> they probably do. But yes, I'm I agree with elf. you. White Christmas is the best Christmas movie. It of is all time. 100%. Not even close. Yep. <laughs> then elf. All right. Thank you, Janelle. Oh, also, I don't usually hype other things, but uh, if you guys are fans of the Schmoes and the Schmodown franchise, which is basically like movie trivia meets wrestling, uh, your boy Kofi Outlaw competes in the FCL League, which is like their NXT League. And uh, you got to see my match from yesterday. I did. I said some records yesterday. So you got to check that out. So check out your boy repping for comic book in the FCL league. And uh, yesterday's match, I had a really great competitor, Vanessa Fitzsimmons. Shout out to her. She's on Twitter. You can check her out. Really hard competition, really great match. And I set some history and uh, brought it home for comic book nation. Check that out. FCL league, schmo down. Check out your boy on that. Representing the brand. Yeah. Jim's always, well, I go out there to do it. And Jim's always like, yeah, yeah, you're cool to do that. Don't lose. Like, (laughs) So did I lose? But uh, yeah, set some records yesterday. Set some records, made some history. 
and uh, rep for Comic Book Nation and all of you. So let's go. That'll do it for the show. Thank you guys for tuning in to Comic Book Nation. We put up new episodes every Wednesday where we go live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. If you don't want to watch the live video, they'll all be replayed as soon as we're done broadcasting on those platforms. You can also go to your traditional podcast platforms to download audio versions of the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Everything you can tell your Google or any smart home device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast and we'll get it going for you. If you like the show, go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review. If you want to follow us, there is the at Comic Book Nation Twitter account you can sign up for. You can follow us individually. I'm at Kofi Outlaw over here, right. over here. Yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> I am at Acular CV. And I am at Janelle Wheeler. If you like what we're doing here and you are specifically like a heavy Marvel fan, we also have the Phase Zero podcast with our own Brandon Davis and a bunch of the other crack comic book team every Friday that goes uh, up about 12 noon Eastern. So check that out as well. And otherwise, we'll see you guys next week as the entertainment industry begins to get back in motion. Theaters are getting back in motion we're going to be out here doing things, getting these movies reviewed. I know that. Uh, Back I think, in the studio? Yeah, I think what? When does A Quiet Place 2 come out? Is that this week? I think so. I don't remember. I, I mean, it's so hard to get back into this. <laughs> no, when movies are like, <laughs> yeah. actually starting. Cruella, Cruella is soon. Cruella. Cruella. Yeah, we're going to get back into movies. We're going to be getting back into big TV. We're going to be getting back into all of that this summer. And I am so psyched. So I hope you guys are along for the ride, too. Yes. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. As always, peace. Deuces. Bye, guys. <laughs>